So with the final 20 seconds of the Kadri penalty. Back in. It's Gurianov shooting, and he just missed. And Grubauer's been hurt. Grubauer went down like this in the regular season and missed a great deal of time, 20 games, including the final 13. And he has gone down in a similar fashion, and Pavel Francouz is getting ready to come in. Is he ever? He went down. He hasn't moved from that position. And a lot of concern for Grubauer is he still hasn't really made any attempt to even try and move. Central Division Hockey, the podcast, and three periods of play plus. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. The shotgun nature of the quickness of the rounds beginning in this year's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs with the expanded playoff format that had every Central Division team with a chance to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of all of this was unprecedented in the first place. Exciting for sure. But you have to forgive me for all the previews for round one and two, all being one game into the start of this series. It's a byproduct of 2020. By the time the play-in round was complete, three Central Division teams were gone. Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Nashville. And I wasn't expecting those teams to exit at the hands of Vancouver, Calgary, and Arizona. There still was a possibility of an all-final four Central Division Round 2, but Chicago fell to Las Vegas, and the defending Stanley Cup champions were surprisingly eliminated by Vancouver, leaving only Colorado and Dallas after they won over Arizona and Calgary, respectively, as we covered in the Round 1 recaps here at Central Division Hockey, the podcast. This was an expected playoff matchup. Well, if you go back before the pause and the usual NHL playoff format, because at the pause, Colorado was sitting second in the division and Dallas third. Now, I'm not sure if it would have stayed that way had the regular season finished its regular course. It's possible Colorado could have got ahead of St. Louis, or oddly, Dallas had been caught by Nashville, Minnesota, or Winnipeg, as those teams were gaining ground as Dallas struggled near the pause. Just seems, having looked at the standings most days through the year, the possibility of a Colorado and Dallas round one matchup was always a very real possibility. Well, here we are, and it's a round two matchup, and they are the only two Central Division teams remaining with Vegas and Vancouver Pacific Division teams also battling now to get to the conference final. Game one of both those round two series have been played. 
Prior to the pause, Dallas had won all four games versus Colorado during regular season play. They had a 2-1 and a 4-1 win in November, a 3-2 shootout win in December, and a 3-2 overtime win in January. In the return to play, Colorado won 4-0 in the round robin in a game both teams played their backups, and that is going to be noteworthy headed into Game 2 tonight. Dallas has a one-game-to-none series lead, having won 5-3 in an electric start to the series. Tyler Sagan opened the scoring, his first goal of this postseason. MVP nominee and should-be winner Nathan McKinnon tied it up for Colorado. Dallas would get two more to lead 3-1 after one. Colorado's starting goalie, Philip Grubauer, was injured and left the game less than five minutes into the second, as you heard at the beginning of the podcast. The Avs had two goals, including McKinnon's second in the second period. While in between the Avs goals, Alexander Radulov netted his second of the game for Dallas, making it a one-goal lead for the Stars at 4-3 to three, heading into the third. Rope Hintz was the lone goal scorer for Dallas in the final frame and the lone scorer for both teams, leading to the 5-3 Dallas win. It was also notably Hintz's first of the postseason. Grubauer, who was exceptional in the first round series win over Arizona, allowed three goals on 10 shots, while Francois gave up two on 20 shots when he came into the game at the point of the injury. Anton Hudobin, who has played net for all but two games for Dallas this postseason due to the inability of starter Ben Bishop being able to play for Dallas, had three goals against on 31 shots in the win. Let's look at the five keys to winning this series. Point one, each team playing to their team identity. It sounds like a cliche, and you will often hear coaches say that they are focused on how their team plays versus how the opposition plays. But it is true, and in this series, both teams playing to their identities will give them the best chance to win against their opposition. For Colorado, that means playing an up-tempo using their speed, and taking advantage of the rush, and also adding to it. And by adding to the rush, I mean defensemen jumping into the play when they have the opportunity to do that. That up-tempo and speed game with Colorado's players on their four-line units, as well as the talented defensemen they have, is going to give them the best chance to win. Of course, that's led by guys like Nathan McKinnon and, of course, Rantanen Landeskog, but also their second line of Kadri, Burakoski, players like Donskoy, Confers. Throughout the lineup, they have the ability to have speed, but they also have that on the back end, and that's why adding to it on the rush is also going to be of value. A big series from Kale McCarr, Sam Girard, and the like from the defensive standpoint, and as well, Johnson 
would help Colorado generate offense against a team that doesn't generally give up too much. It's a benefit maybe that Colorado played Arizona, but let's not be confused. Dallas is a different beast altogether than Arizona was, and it's going to make for a tougher series. By comparison, those same things that I'm talking about Dallas about as their strength are being physical yet disciplined, defensively sound play, as they were one of the best defensive teams during the regular season, and as well, something that they found in the playoffs is having good pinches to continually have zone time and pressure in the offensive zone. That, of course, is led by their defense group being able to do that. They've got guys that have seemingly been scoring, and as long as they can get zone time, it's going to help the players like Pavelski and Hintz, as well as Sagan and Gurionov, Radulov get opportunities to score, and they can finish as they're starting to prove in the playoffs. But it also is helped by good pinches by the likes of Haskinen, Klingberg, Oleksiak on their defense to keep that zone time going. That battle between those two teams is going to factor big on who ends up winning. And again, that's each team playing to their team identity to end up winning the series. Point two becomes interesting because it's now become the battle of two of this year's best backup goaltenders backstopping their respective teams while the starter is unfit to play. For Colorado, now they have to go with Pavel Francois. But during the regular season, as you did hear on the onset, that is exactly what Francois had to do. Now, he has seen some limited action in the postseason, and there are some good things to feel good about as an As fan, even though Philip Grubauer has gone down. Grubauer finished prior to his injury, having played seven games played, although, of course, not finishing the last one, and had been outstanding, winning five games and not actually having a loss through the playoffs thus far. His goals against average was a 1.87, while his save percentage was a 0.922, which are excellent numbers and the type that you would hope to have. However, in the three games played that Francois has played, he has a 1-2 record. Of course, one of those games, he allowed two goals against Arizona, but they scored two empty netters in the lone game they won in that series. Likewise, he had a round-robin loss. However, his numbers, as far as save percentage and goals against average, are actually better than Grubauer's, and he will be actually starting the game, and you do remember that one win, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast during the round robin that he had, was against this Dallas team, a 4 nothing shutout. His goals against average is 1.59 with a .941 save percentage. So, yes, in a shorter amount of action thus far in the postseason play, his goals against and save percentage numbers are actually higher than Grubauer's, who he will now be replacing in this series. 
by comparison, Dallas has also had to rely on its backup, Anton Hudobin, through the postseason, as Ben Bishop has only been able to play two games, including only one that he did end up winning in the last series against Calgary. His goals against average for Bishop is a 4.04, while his save percentage is a 0.862 during this postseason, which are well below Bishop's usually higher numbers and the type of numbers that he had during the regular season while leading this Dallas Stars team. Hudobin is coming off the best regular season that he's had since joining the National Hockey League. And since having to take over for Bishop, he has played eight of the games, including a 5-3 and three record. But his goals against average, to give you a comparison, is 2.55 with a .917 save percentage. Those numbers are substantially higher than Bishop in this postseason play. So Hudobin, much like his counterpart in Colorado, have both had excellent regular seasons as the backups, have had situations now where they have to come in as the starter, and in Hudobin's case, there is extra motivation because he is looking for a new contract after this postseason and the free agency period begins. There have been several goalies in the Western Conference that have played exceptionally well, and all of them have that one thing in common, and that is they will be looking for a new contract at the end of this season going into next season. Just look at the play of Corey Crawford in Chicago. He's an unrestricted free agent. Robert Leonard in Las Vegas. He also will be looking for a new contract. And as well, Vancouver's Jacob Markstrom is in the same case. All those teams with those pending unrestricted free agent goalies seem to have done better in the playoffs than maybe some would have thought, and a lot of that has to do with their goaltending. This backup goaltender matchup is going to be good. These goalies during the regular season, Francois in Colorado and Hudobin in Dallas, played exceptionally well and didn't get a lot of credit for how they kept their teams at the top or near the top of the standings. Now, they're going to get the spotlight. Let's see which of the two goalies runs with it the most. When we're looking at the second point in this series now, this one is an interesting one as well. And that is the star players providing full impact. Now, as we're starting with the team that is the second seed through this preview podcast, we'll start with Colorado in this category. Again, led by Nathan McKinnon, the would-be MVP for the National Hockey League from the regular season. Nine games played, tied for the team in goals with six and 10 assists for 16 points. And he is on pace right now on points per game to tie Joe Sackick's mark of 10 postseason games with a point if he can get one 
in the game tonight. In addition to that, some other players for Colorado to watch are, of course, Kale McCarr, who we talked about his ability to jump into the rush and his effectiveness in quarterbacking the power play. In nine games, two goals, five assists, and seven points. The other guy is the second center on this team, Nazem Kadri. Six goals, six assists in nine games for 12 points to be second on the team in scoring. There are other players, of course, but I want to mention Sam Gerrard right now, who, another defenseman that has the ability to jump in the rush, he has a goal, five assists, six points in nine games. Those are the guys that I think are the keys for continuing to be big game players for the Colorado Avalanche if they're going to win in this series. Now, when you move over to the Dallas Stars, the big name that I wanted to mention was Tyler Sagan, who has missed the game and played nine, not ten, for the Dallas Stars. He did get his first goal of the playoffs in game one versus Colorado in this series, which was a nice touch. He also has four assists for five points. Miro Haskinen actually leads the team in points and is one of two defensemen worth noting. Three goals, 10 assists for 13 points. John Klingberg as well, who has missed a game, has been in nine, has a goal and seven assists for eight points. The other big game player thus far for the Dallas Stars has been Joe Pavelski, who had a quieter season, but he has six goals in 10 games and added two assists for eight points. Those are the big-time players that one would hope that the Dallas Stars continue to see if they have a chance to advance in this series. Now, there are other notable names worth mentioning for both teams. On Dallas, Alexander Radulov has four goals now in 10 games. And, of course, Dennis Gurionov is now at six with his four-goal game. And Jamie Benn, who has two goals thus far in the postseason. Those players can factor in as well. On the Colorado side, Miko Rantanen has three goals and 11 points. Gabriel Landeskog has 10 points with a goal. And it should be also noted Jonas Donskoy having three goals and six points. Those are guys, and it's going to see which of those teams' players can continue their production or be exceptional during this series. And again, both forwards and defensemen, which team's group of star players is going to lead them to victory. When we look at point four, we want to talk about special teams and discipline. There are probably going to be less penalties in this series. In fact, in game one, there was no power play goals and only three power plays in the entire game. Now, much attention is given to Colorado's success rate on the power play, but we shouldn't discount that Dallas is going to have the ability to generate offense if given opportunity on the man advantage as well. Colorado went 7 for 20, which is a 35% success rate in their series against Arizona. However, Dallas in their series against Calgary was 5 for 19, 
which is a very respectable 26.3%. That would put them both during the regular season in the top five in the league in a power play success rate. Penalty kills wise, Colorado was over 93%, 14 for 15 in the series versus Arizona. But that was 13 for 18 for 72%. Again, Dallas and Colorado combined are going to take less penalties. So, if a team can gain an advantage by scoring more on the power play, that could lead to a series win if it's a markable difference in the series. It's something to watch for. The last of the factors I simply wanted to title Unsung Heroes or X Factors. Now, I'm not sure if these two guys are going to be difference makers or if someone else that was potentially a bottom six player that could be a difference maker if this is what I expect to be a long series. So I took two players from each team that are generally by ice time, bottom six players, and saying if they turn around and have big series, that could help their team win. For Colorado, one guy I would look to is Andre Burakovsky. Already he has three goals, five assists, eight points in this playoffs in nine games. For Dallas, I picked Jason Dickinson, who only has one assist in 10 games played, but he has been a valuable player for the Stars, and if his point production were to go up in this series, that would be another thing that would really help Dallas beat Colorado. So those are the two guys I'm going to watch on those X-Factor players in this series between these two teams to see if they end up becoming difference makers in the series in a bottom six role capacity as we've talked about all the other aspects of these teams. Now, based on this series between these two teams, Dallas, through the regular season, definitely, as far as wins-losses, although there was that play-in game, had done exceptionally better head-to-head -head against Colorado. However, Colorado, in my opinion, is still the favorite in this series. And I have taken Colorado to win this series in six games. Even with Grubauer out and Francois being the starting goaltender, I have confidence that Colorado has the offensive abilities. It should be noted that Johnson for Colorado struggled with some sort of nagging injury and had left and returned multiple occasions during their first game loss. That type of player or any more sustainable injuries to both these teams are going to affect their ability to win this series, but it's a team game. So one guy can't really affect the team winning or losing, at least in the mindset. So Colorado may be a bit more banged up than Dallas at this point as we're going through, 
let's not forget, Tyler Sagan actually hasn't played every game in this postseason as well. So you have to play through your injuries. Still, I think the Avalanche will, if they play to their style of game, have the ability to beat Dallas, although this could go seven games, and I'm expecting it to go at least six, either way. Thank you for listening to Central Division Hockey, the podcast, and three periods of play. Plus, I'm Tim Bigelow. Enjoy game two in this series, and actually enjoy the rest of this Central Division series matchup between the Dallas Stars and Colorado Avalanche. The next podcast for Central Division Hockey, the podcast, is going to be a wrap-up recap of the Vancouver Canucks defeating the defending Stanley Cup champions, who will not be repeating this year, the St. Louis Blues. Then, of course, we will have a recap of this series. Look to follow the final team remaining from the Central Division, in their quest to win this year's Stanley Cup. And then, of course, get you all situated for the upcoming draft as it relates to all the Central Division teams and, of course, the upcoming free agent season once the season ends and all that quickly starts up in this unprecedented 2020 campaign. (laughs) 